This is episode number 207. You're listening to the Pioneering Today podcast with me, your host, Melissa K. Norris. And this is where we talk all the things living homegrown and handmade. Modern homesteading to raise, preserve, and cook your own organic food no matter where you live. And today we are doing a continuation from episode number 205, where we were talking about what to do with your fruit bushes. And so it could be bushes if you're doing berries. (laughs) or your fruit trees, but your fruit production, what to do in the fall to make your plants healthier and increase the harvest come springtime. So today we're specifically going to be talking about organic disease control. And a lot of this needs to be done in the fall. And we're specifically going to be talking about your fruit trees. So your home orchard. And I get a lot of questions regarding using organic and natural methods in the garden. Either people are wanting to know like which which methods are the best or which ones work or how do I go about using them? And then sometimes people feel like I didn't really feel like this organic method really worked that well. So another great episode was number 203, which is five tips for organic pest control for the vegetable garden, where I talk about proper identification of pests. And this is more like your bugs and your insects we were talking about in this specific episode. But one of the things that I talk about, and I am going to talk about again today, was using organic neem oil. So neem oil, you do need to make sure that it is a cold pressed 100% neem oil, because a lot of products will say that it's natural or that it uses neem oil. But then if you look in the ingredients, They have other synthetic ingredients in there and often other synthetic pesticides or pesticides that are not considered organic. So I just wanted to put that out there. It can be a little bit confusing. So you want to make sure that you're using a cold pressed 100% neem oil product with your organic practices. The one great thing about neem oil, though, is it can be used on a number of pests, so different insects that can infect plants in the vegetable garden. But it also can be used on fruit trees for pests, for sure. Uh, But it can also be used sometimes on different diseases as well. So when we're talking with, and I'm going to be talking specifically today about my apple trees and my peach trees, because those are ones, though a lot of these tips will translate over to anything in your fruit tree. But when it comes to fall... One of the things is obviously you want to you want to get out there and you do want to identify if you've got some issues what that exact issue is because it's really hard to treat something effectively if you're not for certain what it is that you're treating. So for example, I have peach leaf curl on my peach tree and that is exhibited in the first leaves that come out in the springtime. But a lot of, especially with your fruit trees, so in your orchards, a lot of not only preventative, but also actually getting rid of and treating the disease, you'll see the disease, the appearance of it in the spring and in the summer. Sometimes it's on the leaves, sometimes it's on the fruit, sometimes it's both. But you actually have to treat it in the dormant months, which is going to be fall and winter. So if you've already seen it in the spring and the summer, there's really usually... And it depends again, but I'm talking for things like apple scab and sometimes apple maggots and especially things like peach leaf curl, some of the different funguses, some of the different bacteria, because there's all different kinds of things that can attack your different fruit trees. And some fruit trees 
are more susceptible to other diseases um, than other ones, right? For example, the peach leaf curl. It's got the name peach in there. So it's uh, really something that a lot of people deal with, especially if you live in a more wet, cooler climate like I do in the Pacific Northwest. That's something that we really battle a lot. But the time to treat is actually in the fall. And we're going to talk into with the organic treatments and with your fruit trees, usually it requires more than one application. But in the fall, we want to identify what it is. So if you're not certain, usually you can do some pretty good Google searches, search the images, search extension offices, that type of thing. You'll likely be able to identify what it is that your tree has. So I have, as I said, peach leaf curl. And then on my apple trees, I also am pretty certain that I am dealing with some apple maggots, which is a bummer, but it's well known to be here in Washington state. So I've got a couple of things that I need to be treating. So the first thing that you want to do, and this is kind of true no matter if your trees are exhibiting any disease or pest infestation or signs at all, but as also as a preventative, but definitely if they are to keep them at bay, you need to do a good cleanup. When they drop all of their leaves, do not let the leaves and or fruit. So say you didn't get all of the fruit harvested for whatever reason, and some of it has dropped to the ground. Do not let it sit on the ground underneath the tree all fall and winter and through spring and next year. That is going to harbor a lot of the insects, a lot of the larvae and or disease spores, that type of thing. It's really crucial that you do a cleanup. So when those leaves come off the tree, we are coming to that time of year really shortly, depending if you have a longer season than I do. Uh, mine are starting to drop. They're not at quite I'm right at about probably 40%. All, within the next couple of weeks, I'll probably get all of the leaves will come off my fruit trees as we are supposed to get into the 20 degrees in our night temperatures starting tonight, actually, as when I'm recording this for you guys. So I know that's going to happen really shortly when you start to hit those cooler, cold, freezing, killing frost temps repeatedly. The leaves are going to start dropping. So do a major cleanup. Don't leave any of that fruit and or leaves behind. Make sure that you dispose of it. Now, if those leaves and or fruit were showing signs of disease, especially something that has spores like a fungus, like the peach leaf curl, for example, you want to make sure that you aren't putting any of those leaves and or fruit into your compost pile, because unfortunately, a lot of that is not killed during the composting process. And then you're just spreading that over wherever else you're putting your compost. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to do any spreading. So make sure that you either burn it and or put it in a sealed black garbage bag and dispose of it that way. Not something we want to be adding to anything else. So that is crucial tip number one. The next thing is knowing, obviously, what the disease is and or pest and how it lays its egg, what its life cycle is. Does it survive freezing temperatures if you have that where you live? etc. so that you know the proper time of year and what it is to apply. For the peach leaf curl, I'm going to be using an organic copper spray. And I need to spray in the fall when I have had 90% of my leaf drop. So clean all that up as I said and then I am going to be pretty much saturating and this is key and where a lot of people don't get it quite right when they are using the sprays, especially organic sprays, but you really have to saturate the whole tree. And if there are any leaves left on there, in this instance, there won't be many. 
underside as well on top, but you got to saturate everything or there's spores and or could be larva, depending on what it is that we are going to out to try and kill. They're going to be left behind and then they're just going to reinfect. So you have to be very thorough. Now, anytime you're using sprays, even if they are natural and, and organic, which both copper and neem oil are, you do want to try to spray in the morning when it's not going to be raining because rain's going to wash it away and dilute it. When it's not very windy because we don't want to be inhaling it or getting it into our eyes. And I will still wear long sleeved shirts. Gloves are great. Pants, boots, you know, some protective gear. That type of thing. Now, when we're spraying at this late in the year, we're not really worried about honeybees. But with your neem oil and some of the other things, even if they are organic and natural, we do still want to be cognizant of our pollinators and our honeybees. So if you're doing it later in the year when there are blossoms present or you've got your honeybees out and about, then it's best if you can do it in the evening after the honeybees have went away and try to avoid spraying the blossoms if it's with something that is going to harm the bees to avoid any pollination issues. And we really want to make sure that we are keeping our bee population as healthy as possible. They're already struggling quite a bit. So just a few notes of caution there to pay attention to the time of day that you are applying if the honeybees are out. But as I said, with the peach leaf curl, for example, that I'm going to be doing in the fall. And so they are I'm in no worry of any of my pollinators being out and about at that time when it comes to honeybees or my mason bees, which I also keep mason bees in our orchard. But then I'm going to also be needing to reapply. Not only do I do it right now in the fall when this is coming out, but then a lot of them you're going to need to be reapplying in the late winter, early spring, right when the leaf buds come out. Some of them you will need to apply when you've got your blossoms and then some are post blossoms. So it really depends on that pest and the disease but it's good for you to identify it now so that you can mark on your calendar exactly when it is that you need to apply these things based on the life cycle of the tree and or the insect. Now, for the apple maggot, which I'm pretty certain I have a light case in one of my apple trees, one, it's a good idea. I've got more than one apple tree, even if it's not showing it in the other trees yet. If you've got the same, like I said, I've got apples, different varieties but it's likely that they will travel to the other trees. So you do want to treat all of them. In the instance of the apple maggot, then I need to make sure I'm treating my other apple trees. But for those this year, I'm going to be one, doing my cleanup, but two, I'm going to be trying some of the traps. And so there's a couple of different options. I'm going to try them out, let you know which ones I think was best and most effective. But of course, I won't have that update for you <laughs> until next summer. So almost a full year away. So you want to make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast so that you don't miss that episode when it does come out. And if you are interested in more using organic and natural treatments to raise your family's food, especially if you're interested in raising enough food for a year, maybe of just one specific crop, but increasing that every year until it's more and more crops, then you can pre-order my book, The Family Garden Plan, right now. It doesn't launch until January. But we have got some amazing early bird resources when you do pre-order, including some of the charts and the worksheets the publisher is letting me release to those who pre-order and some pretty amazing videos and bonuses that are going to go along with that. So you can go and pre-order and check out all of the bonuses that you get and how to get your hands on the bonuses at familygardenplan.com. 
So just in case you happen to have Apple maggot issues as well in your trees and want to know how what the two items that I'm going to try and test out. One of them is where you bag the apple when it's in its immaturity so that the apple maggot cannot fly. It's a little fly, kind of looks like a little fly bee cross type thing. Can't get on the apple to lay her eggs, which then become the maggot, which then eats your apple and then reinfects everything, right? So that's one of the methods I'm going to be doing. My trees are semi-dwarf and they are small enough that I should be able to do that on them with if you had, you know, huge orchards and a ton of them, not just a mini backyard production or they're the big standard, like the big guys that were well into their maturity, then that is probably not going to be an option. You're not going to be able to bag every single apple. Mine are still young enough that I'm going to test it on some of them and I can do that. The other option that I'm going to be trying, and especially on the trees that weren't showing any of this yet, um, I'm going to be putting it on them, are traps. And so they are red. They're attracted to red because they think of it as a ripe piece of fruit to come and lay their eggs on a red apple. Even if your apple variety isn't red, I still, still go with that. But it's a trap that you hang in the tree um, and it's red in color to attract them that's going to then trap that apple maggot fly so it can't lay the larva and it goes to the trap rather than your apples. And so you put it out a little bit earlier so it sees it first before your apples are turning red or turning ripe so that it goes to them first and then hopefully you trap all of them by the time the rest of your apples are actually turning ripe. So I'm going to be testing those out. I'll give you an update for sure and let you know how that works. But I wanted to share with you today two of the things that we are doing in our orchard to organically help increase our harvest next year because unfortunately... Some of these pests will definitely... Now, with the apple maggot, some of times you can salvage quite a bit of the apple, but it's still a pain. And if you have a really heavy infestation, then it can make the fruit where you're not really wanting to harvest it and eat it, knowing that it has the maggots in it. <laughs> a lot of times the maggot will burrow into kind of the top surface of the apple. Sometimes it goes all the way through. And then when you cut it, like you'll see little brown spots on the outside that aren't apple scab. Apple scab is a different beast that we're dealing with than apple maggot, but both will show little brown spots on the outside of the apple. And the little brown spots with apple maggot, when you cut into the apple, you'll actually see like these little tunnels where the larvae has burrowed and hatched out and ate, but then it's fallen back out. So oftentimes you'll cut into the apple and you won't actually see the maggot. Hallelujah. <laughs> you'll just see the evidence of it. So a lot of times I will cut those areas out if it only has a few. And then I will cook it up into my apple butter or my apple sauce because it's being, you know, boiled and simmered and heat processed and I'm not really worried about it but I do remove the spots that is obvious where there has been anything. Just put that out there. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let me know if you are liking these shorter episodes. I hope you are. And if you want more information along these lines and things dealing with putting in a fruit orchard and taking care of your fruit trees and your fruit plants, please do let me know. You can leave me a review on this specific episode and then and let me know your questions in that review so I can make sure and address them in upcoming episodes. Thank you so much. And I will be back here with you Friday for our longer episode. Mm -hmm.